Hey, welcome to the podcast podcast. My name is Don. I'm Scott. As always, I'm adjusting a level. Yeah. Pretty much the beginning hey, of every podcast. Yeah. I feel like I do all these. I'm, I sit down here while you're like, before you come down, I'm like, test, 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 test. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Don says hi. Scott says hi. Adjusting levels, then banter. Yeah. So now we're at the banter. Yeah, the levels are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. Like, it's hard when you're forced to banter. Then I don't know how to banter. And we we bantered quite a bit before. Yeah, we did banter kind of quite a bit before. Mm. Um, we talked about coronavirus. Yeah, which who knows? By the time this podcast is released, it you, might be common. Yeah, you already had it. Yeah. Or you've got the second version. Yeah. Or the third version. <laughs> the mutated. Uh-huh. Yeah. Reinfected. Coronavirus isn't the drinking version. Yeah. Although I guess it the, could be. What? The like corona, coronavirus? Corona beer? Yeah. Virus? Hey, if you're beer? drinking that beer, you probably deserve No. And no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just lost all those subscribers, all the corona drinkers. If you have to put a lime in it. No. <laughs> well, well, wait a second. This is a, a Christian podcast, right? So are we even allowed to talk about drinking? We'll put that on a list of videos okay. that we should make for people. Right. It'll go with our tattoo video, our drinking videos. Well, Jesus turned wine, or not wine. He turned wine, wine into water. Water into grape juice, right? The original prohibitionist. <laughs> uh, I I can't comment on that because I know people. <laughs> oh. oh, I can comment on it. Who am I kidding? Oh, okay. What the heck? How do I? Oh. Now I'm trying to figure out. Ah, there we go. How to use my iPad. Oh, okay. Hi. Technology's hard. <laughs> See, I have no clue how, how to use an iPad or an iPhone. Uh, I'm strictly like Android and PC. Honestly, they're not much different. Pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's things you can do on your Android because I I had Android for mm-hmm. the first ten years of smartphoneness, or however many, probably six or seven years, give or take. Okay. And the only thing I really miss is being able to put my icons wherever I freaking want to. You can't do that on an iPhone. I can put them anywhere, but it snaps them to a grid. Oh. And it always starts with like the top row and then yeah. it has to fill the next row. Then I can't just put them on the bottom on the third page over. Oh no, that would drive uh, me nuts. The one thing I can do here, I'll show, um, I can have a blank page. Mm-hmm. Um, on Android, I always had to get the blank widget to do that. Really? Yeah. So now I can have a blank page and then my icons. I don't know if I've ever tried to do that. Yeah. Yeah. See, I see folders and stuff like that. Yeah. The I like uh, I like to have the blank to start out because I'd rather see that. Well, you definitely have Safari, the most useless browser that, ex- that exists, right? So I I read a privacy report on that. Uh huh. I was I was reading about it. The uh um they basically looked to see how many times a browser phoned out mm-hmm. when you were putting in terms or whatever. Yeah. And the most privacy violating by far was Microsoft Edge. Really? It, it, it actually kind of doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't. Me. It shouldn't really. Yeah. Um, they, there's Edge and somebody else who I hadn't heard of were like the two worst. Really? Okay. Um, uh, Firefox and Safari were the best for privacy, hmm. but they still phoned out to okay. servers to... Because obvi- if you look up something, it has to know where to... Like, it has to go give right. that info to something. Yeah. Um. So they went out and it said that uh, Firefox and uh, Safari, obviously if you were searching Google, it would go out to Google servers right. to look for them. And once it gets into Google's hands, it's like, well, whatever. <laughs> and Chrome was one of those media middles that was like, not the best, but Google is definitely harvesting more information than like Firefox or right, Safari right. would. Okay. So, I mean, but we all know Microsoft's the worst anyway. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I was going to say that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me at all. No. They're, but, it's funny because they're like, 
they used to be the monopoly. Mm-hmm. Like everybody had it. You couldn't do. I think there's Internet Explorer for Mac for a while. Like yeah, you, I think it there was, was crazy. And now, now it's like yeah. Well, I think they just re-redid <laughs> their browser, so I don't think it's Edge anymore, or no. it's still Edge with like something new or something like I don't know. We so I work for a software company, and um, we barely test on Edge. Really? Uh, once. Our last standard for Internet Explorer was seven or something, seven or something like that. So you didn't even make it to Edge. Uh, I, I mean, we test on it, okay. but it's not our focus. Got our it. focus is primarily Chrome, Safari, and Firefox. Okay. Oh, I, really? are, even Safari? Yeah. Oh, okay. Safari. Like, they're the number one selling laptop on colleges mm-hmm. are Apple laptops. Really? Because I, I, I knew that Apple was popular. I just didn't realize that people actually use Safari. Like everyone I know that has Apple products, they're like, we don't use Safari. Well, I use So at work, I use Firefox primarily. Okay. It's my numero uno go-to. Got it. Um, I use it because I hated it for a long time. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I was using Chrome like everybody. Yeah. And it's got really bad. Like the processes like would drag down the speed of the computer and all this other stuff. And I got kind of sick of it. And then I went to Firefox and I've tested on Chrome a little. Okay. But, and it's better, but I've just now all my bookmarks, all my add ons, all that's in Firefox. Okay. So there's no point in going back and forth on it. Because I used to use Firefox and then I moved to Google because everything used Google and was formatted for Google and. You know, not to say that my privacy isn't sold in, on Google, but oh no, um, yeah. yeah. But I was like, well, everyone already knows me anyway. I got nothing to hide. Right. So, yeah, that's a. I look at so privacy is a little bit of a, a double edged thing for me. Um, I have a Google Home Mini in my house, mm-hmm. so I have a microphone listening to pretty much everything I say, even though it pretends it doesn't. Right. So, however, I, so I didn't. What time we got? Okay, we're almost at the end of our banter. Oh no. Um, the uh, I looked at some reports on how smart uh, devices use your info and which ones are the the least likely to sell you out. Mm-hmm. And like Amazon's the worst. Like Alexa has like no like qualms with keeping data, selling data. They don't tell you what they do with it. They don't feel they have to tell you what they do with it. Um, Amazon uses it with Ring, I believe. Mm-hmm. EUFY, UFI or whatever, which okay. is their wireless stuff. Yeah. Um, among all the Alexa products, Alexa enabled things. They have Alexa enabled microwaves. Um, I'm not kidding. What? I know. I'm like, who's like, I put in the microwave and I got to go, hey, Alexa, 30 seconds, defrost. Um, oh but my. all that, like, so that Amazon does not care about privacy. And I think for the first time, they released a privacy report ever uh, in 2019. Really? Uh, but if you have a ring doorbell, you're automatically opted into uh, if a police department wants the data, like uh-huh. they will basically willingly hand it over. Okay. They don't have any like there's no Fourth Amendment with them. Illegal search and seizure have a third right. day. Okay. Um, Google is a little bit. Well, actually, they're a lot of bit better uh-huh. because they will at least tell you where it goes, and they will also tell you how to disable it. And so they do Nest. Uh-huh. Uh, Google allows you to permanently delete video. So if you have a yeah. Nest doorbell, mm-hmm. you can go on there and get rid of it. And then if like the police ask for it, if you deleted it, it's gone. Okay. So that whole um, Fourth Amendment exists. I think it's fourth. Is that search and seizure? Is that fifth? You, um, it's either the sixth hey, or the fourth. What's the Fourth Amendment? 
Amendment to the United States Constitution. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Oh, Would oh. you like to hear more? No, thanks. Yeah. Um, Siri is like, oh, my Bluetooth is playing Spanish music. Okay. Um, Siri is one of the best. However, she uses some of the same backbone stuff as uh-huh. Google. So um, when you ask her for equations, she goes out to Wolfram Alpha, okay. which means that at that point, Wolfram Alpha has your data and their privacy or lack thereof would take over. Okay. Um, so yeah, it just depends on what you use, how you use it, but yeah, we got your a, worst is Amazon, your best is... We got a nothing. couple of Alexas. Yeah. But they... Yeah, I know she is. But they... Uh, oh no, your daughter's down here and she's uh, scared now. <laughs> I, 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 li- I like it because the, the just the music and that sort of thing that they listen to it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, you know, if they, they can wake up to um, something that, that kind of gets their heart focused on Jesus, I was like, I'm good with that. Um, one of our people on the reformed Reddit, mm-hmm. uh, made an Alexa skill for catechism questions. Really? Uh, so I'll try and find it for you after the show. Mm-hmm. You can get you version to read with you also. You do that on Google. We okay. have that as well. Okay. We can, we can say, Hey Google, what's the verse of the day? Uh-huh. And oh. she'll pop it out and she'll be going to you version to get the verse of the day. Or it's kind of funny. Okay. It, it does it that so way. So a good selling, it. selling point. Yeah. I, um, we got one. Google Home Mini free from eBay, and I got a second Home Mini free from uh, Duke Energy. Uh, no, Spotify. It was Spotify. Oh wow! I got it from okay. Spotify. Duke right. Energy gave me the uh, the Nest Home thermostat. Well, maybe I'll have to look into switching away from Alexa and moving over to uh, Google. Uh, do you have the big Alexa or the little ones? The little ones. The dots. yeah, we have the little Googles. Okay. Yeah. They. I just want them to be able to listen to music. That's the only thing. Well, I mean. What you do is you try and sell them for the same price you're going to buy the little homes for. And they updated the little mini ones. Uh-huh. Uh, so the old ones, I've seen them as cheap as like 29 bucks. Okay. Yeah. Because I got these for like 25 bucks each. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where, where I got them from. But anyway. Yeah. So with talking about a sellout, let's talk about a country, a nation that sellouts. was a sellout. <laughs> and God basically. Last 10 minutes. Guys, I'll try and remember to put a warning at the beginning of this one. <laughs> has a... Uh, Anyway, so yeah, so we're into uh, talking about a sellout, um, and we're talking about Israel, who ultimately uh, becomes a sellout, and because of that, things don't go better for them. In fact, things probably go worse. Um, so, um, I guess chapter eight, one yeah. through three, I'll start out with. Is that what you want to do? One through three. Sure. Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay. We were supposed to discuss that before the show. Yeah, I know, but instead we we talked about the coronavirus. Yeah. Um. Not that not out of fear, yeah. just I don't know. We just did. So anyway, yeah. um, chapter eight, verse one. Set the trumpet to your lips. One like a vulture is over the house of the Lord because they have transgressed my covenant and rebelled against my law. To me, they cry, "My God, we Israel know you." Um, Israel has spurned the good. The enemy shall pursue him. Yep. So that was verse one through three. Yeah. This is probably one of the heaviest sections I got notes on. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll start out. What what do you got? Uh, So set the trumpet to your lips. Uh, Actually starts with what appears to be uh, God speaking through Hosea. Um, and then Hosea like writing it down. So a lot of the prophets will have this manner of speak where it's, they're literally speaking on behalf of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're reading is God's words either to the prophets and or to the nation itself. 
So the set the trumpet to your lips, a lot of uh, commentators, at least the five that have written commentaries on Hosea, uh, <laughs> uh, believe that that is God telling Hosea to uh, announce his judgment, almost mm-hmm. like a watchman or a uh, you know a night guard trying to make sure that like you know hey the the bad guys are coming over the hill so sound the alarm blow mm-hmm. the trumpet. This is not all unlike what you read in revelation about like the trumpet calls and stuff like that they're the same things it's a warning a lot of people think it's a celebratory um which the you know king of kings arriving to trumpet fanfare is one thing but when every else you read sound the trumpet from what i was gathering we're supposed to take that as sound an alarm Mm -hmm. and it's not usually i mean if it's jesus returning yeah it's rejoicing for us but it's also scary warning right um a fear warning and that's kind of what I got to is the same thing is is, is ultimately the the prophet um, Hosea is taking on that role of a watchman. Um, I, I did get uh, so the Assyrian um, was like or so the Assyrians were like the vulture. Um, so oh, what, that's what you got. Yeah, what did you have? Oh no, you go first. Okay, um, and then I'll refute all your facts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so one like a vulture is over the house of the Lord. So um, she see the commentary I'm using is um, by Elizabeth Ackmeyer. Ackmeyer. I'm gonna go um, call her Elizabeth because I don't even know if I'm pronouncing your name right. I'm looking um, at my commentary while you do that because I never give that poor guy credit. Yeah. <laughs> so she is basically saying that Assyria uh, is like the vulture um, being a bird of prey. And so just like the vulture is a bird of prey, so is Assyria. Um, obviously is hovering over the house of Israel, so it's hovering over the land. Um, it's kind of a turbulent time uh, with the Assyrian conquest um, and with kind of the whole Middle East during this time period period with Assyria. Um, uh, basically, it uh, talks about how Israel kind of broke the covenant um, when it's specifically talking about the law in this section. Um, it's specifically talking about the Torah, which um, we're talking about the um, the, the main teachings of, of the, that were given from God to Israel. And um, Israel has ultimately rejected uh, God's goodness. And because of that, um, things are, are not necessarily going to go well. Um, they say that they know God. However, um, that's not necessarily, God doesn't necessarily agree with, with their cry to God for that. Um, well, what, do you, what do you have? Uh, well, give me two seconds here. I do not. Oh, Mark Dever, huh? Cool. Sorry, he gives it mine a thumbs up. Oh, nice. Kind of look up to him. Uh, Nine Marks guy. Oh, gosh. Which one is which? There's a bunch of guys in this one. I'll, have to, I'll find that next time you're talking. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, which author? Because there's a, there, it's a, it's a lot of the uh, minor prophets in one. Oh, is it? Okay. Thing, so, um, yeah, the uh, uh, commentary that I was using suggested that. One like a vulture is over the house of the Lord. Actually, is referring to God Himself. Really, um, and huh. some that has led some, like the NIV, to translate that as one like an eagle. And my commentary uh, went into the okay. An eagle would have been like hopeful and majestic and beautiful, right? And a vulture would have been doom, gloom, and death. Huh. So about God's vengeance getting ready to come, a vulture would be the better translation there. And the word for vulture and eagle is basically the same because they're both basically referring to birds of prey. Okay. 
So this guy, I just quickly looked at They're the IVP background commentary, and it says, Jose employs an image of a bird of prey swooping down on his victims. It seems most likely that he's referring to Assyria. Once huh. again, being used as a tool of God's wrath, the hunting eagle or vulture would have been a familiar sight, and they were often used in Near, East, Near Eastern um, epic and myth, um, as in the Ugaritic... Tale of Aflac and Aflac. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm not quite sure if the bird's there or not, but yeah, that's kind of. It won't let me peep in. Um, but yeah. And so that was the IVP back Bible background commentary of the Old Testament. And so that was kind of their their version of that yeah. also. Mine's the Expositor's Bible commentary, uh, which is the one by Tremper Logman III and David E. Garland as the compilers. Uh-huh. Um, but they're not the ones that wrote the Hosea part of the commentary. Um, I can't get into it. I'll check it, and I promise you guys, one of these days I'll tell you who that author was. Um, but yeah, mine said it was more of God himself getting ready to swoop in for quick judgment. So my guy's a little more uh, negative and scary. Yeah, I, he <laughs> kind of has the other, yeah, kind of a different um, take of it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the, the, it's so different. Yeah, because if you look at the... Um, yeah, if you look at the NIV, it reads uh, one like an eagle. Okay. So, very interesting. Pretty cool. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the IVP says it translates either eagle, but in parentheses says vulture. Um, and it Is seems... IVP, do they have a translation that they own? You know, I actually don't know. I don't think they do. I don't actually know. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, because NIV... Well, NIV is Zonderban. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, who's ESV? Uh, Crossway. Oh, yeah, okay. And NKGV is Thomas Nelson. Those oh, wow. are the three I know. Okay, I didn't know that. But Okay, okay. all right. So so that's kind of what we, I don't know, that's, that's what we got from the verse, first three verses. Um, uh, eight, really, really good, the, my God, oh, we, Israel, know you. Uh, from what I understand, like the literal translation is, to me they cry out, my God, we know you, Israel. And so the author of mine my commentary so that's basically uh, a gloss it's a attempted translation of a very difficult statement okay so that's what elizabeth actually also said about that very same and she said came very close and she says the actual hebrew reading is important here and she said to me they cry my god we israel know you um oh my gosh we got a hebrew standoff (laughs) (laughs) um so that's that's just kind of what what she had she had mentioned so um yeah, but I mean, I think they're both very, very similar. I think there's only like a word or two that's mixed around from yeah. from yours and, and mine. So, so um, this would be if you ever speak most foreign languages, English is backwards. Mm-hmm. I would say like, um, I have a gray car. Um, a lot of foreign languages it would read like, I have a car, gray. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this little bit of Hebrew is reading more like that. It appears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which either way, I, I think it still comes down to, um, to me, they cry, my God, we Israel know you. So it, it's ultimately saying that, well, well we know, or, it, it, it's yeah. claiming that they know God. And God, Bunch in of liars. Previous <laughs> chap, God in previous chapters of Hosea has said, you don't know me. Um, and so it, it seems as if they're crying out something different. But I think in chapter 8 
verse four through seven. I say this is where he goes off to say, "This is how you don't know me." Right. This is where God's going to go ahead and and almost give evidence to prove that that he that Israel doesn't know him. All right. So in chapter eight, verse four. They made kings, but not through me. They set up princes, but I knew it not. With their silver and gold, they made idols for their own destruction. I have spurned your calf, O Samaria. My anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of innocence? For it is from Israel, a craftsman made it. It is not God. The calf of Samaria shall be broken to pieces. For they sow the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. So I stopped at 7a. Oh, okay. Um, because I don't know, she said it was kind of a good stopping point at that point. You went, um, you went old school, seven, eight. I remember uh, I, I was in Awana for a while, uh-huh. and uh, Awana is a Baptist uh, youth group, basically. Yeah. And the gist of it is memorizing verses. Uh-huh. So you would memorize verses and you would get, you know, uh, awards depending on how many you memorized. And a lot of times you'd be happy when you saw that that section you were memorizing, like, you know, up through verse 7a because uh-huh. <laughs> you're like, yes i don't have to know the whole thing half of it, half, it's easier half of it i don't have to worry about <laughs> but uh jesus that's the a and wept is b <laughs> oh i got that verse no I, actually there was a while like i was listening to this british speaker um actually christopher wright oh. and um I love it because they say one Corinthians. Oh yeah, um, or remember, one Kings. <laughs> so not to get political, but remember when uh, Donald Trump said that? Uh-huh. Uh huh. He said like he says like I love one Timothy or something like that. Everybody made fun of him. I was like, yeah, you can't really hear because a lot of older traditions, especially British. Yeah. Uh, and I remember um, Tim Hughes. Mm. Uh, when he came to that youth conference yeah. that we were a part of. Were you, I, I think you were there? I think so. I think he said something like, my favorite verse is 2 Corinthians, something, and I was uh-huh. like, 2 Corinthians? <laughs> what are you talking, you mean second? Second? This uh-huh. is America, Tim. No. So, so really, it's just America that does that then. Yeah, we're, we're the ones that have to be special. Well, dang it, on this podcast, we are now 2 Corinthians. We are 2 Corinthians. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home and read 2 Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> I like the accent. I don't know if it's real or not, but... Oh, I... Uh, sounds cool. Um, I, don't, I don't have an accent. Yeah. I'm yeah. from Ohio. It works. <laughs> All right. So anyway, four, so eight, four through seven A, what you got for this? Uh, just kind of going around four and uh, the, the two issues brought up here uh, really also raise another question that I was just thinking about kind of throughout the last couple of days, but um, they sought kings without using God's standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a political problem. And then we still have, um, or sorry, also they set up princes, but I knew it not. So that's the political issue. Uh, and then the other is with their silver and gold, they made idols for their own destruction. So the two complaints here that bring judgment are political most likely making agreements with four nations Mm -hmm. and then of course as we've been reading throughout from deuteronomy to this point we've been reading about their idolatry issue which probably is their idolatry is probably partially what's leading to the they're making political decisions i heard that too okay (laughs) okay um and that led me to a question like so i have a friend who's a theonomist Mm -hmm. uh and I always kind of poke fun at him or whatever because I'm like, dude, read Romans. Like, God sets the kingdoms in play. Like, you know, yeah, pray for a, a theonomy, but like, apparently, like, you Do know, you want to explain theo- theotomyism? Um, theotomy. A theocracy or a theonomy? Uh, a theonomy would 
be a biblically based economic system and a theocracy would be uh, God is your king and ruler as opposed to um, a king, a, a president, a prime minister, a parliament or whatever. So while I, I rib him a little bit, is it wrong to seek a theocracy or is it not? I personally... Like I pray for my rulers. Right. But I've never quite sought out a... Because I'm like, well, when Jesus returns, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. true. But I have, I hold no hope that that happens beforehand. Right. I don't think it's going to happen beforehand. Yeah, see, my eschatology doesn't But am I okay jive. with it? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it seems very biblical. I mean, it doesn't seem like Israel ever did a good job of holding on to that type of government. But well, does it f- make sense and fit? I'm a millennial, so I don't believe that there's going to be a separation of the millennium, and I believe that we'll go through trials and tribulations. Absolutely. Um, and then Jesus returns. Mm-hmm. There are many that believe we will bring about or man will ready the earth for Christ to return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are the ones that typically pray for like a theocracy, like right. as they ready the earth and get it prepared for his return. Mm-hmm. Like not saying this is biblical or not, and I'm not right. making fun of it or not, but it would be like the landscape in the U S would be cleared of its current politics and it would be set up to run as a theocracy at which point, and not just the United States, but more of a worldwide thing, right. at which point it would basically be readying the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's one view that's probably more common than I think. I don't believe that my friend who I, I was talking about has that. Well, he might. I won't put words in his mouth. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I've just never, I'm like, yeah, we'll have that when Christ returns. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never thought of it beforehand. I, I'm just more, when God comes back, he comes back and... He's got it figured out. I guess I really haven't cared that much. Yeah. Maybe I should. Well, I, pr- um, I pray for my leaders. Oh, absolutely. And I pray that we elect God-fearing leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have no hope in me that they're going to bring about Christ's return. No, I don't. Like no, I don't think so either. No. Yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm definitely. So anyway. All right. So if you want to tell us otherwise, you can go to bakesh.podbean.com and leave a comment on this episode, mm-hmm. or you can email us at bakesh at outlook.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can find our Facebook page. There's only two with Bakesh. Look for the one with the podcast because I don't know the URL. <laughs> there you go. All right. We got pictures. Yeah. Yes. Got, yeah. A picture. A logo. Yeah. A logo-ish. We'll have video on YouTube soon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I think it's YouTube. I won't give that URL because I don't know yet. Okay, yeah. so we will have a YouTube video. Yeah, and you can right. you can comment on there too when cool. we have when yeah we'll lock comments. All right, so with that, um, yeah, I mean, and, and I think some of the things that are mentioned here, we it's not like a new thing. I think we've talked about this in previous chapters, mm-hmm. um, how they're ultimately setting up a government without God's permission, without God's thing. They're assassinating leaders that they want to put new leaders in and and really what they're finding oh and they're making alliances with other countries and really what they're finding out is it's it's not working yeah um so and god's about to clean some house on it yeah um i did have at least a comment in eight five um at least more of a historical type thing um she had mentioned where joe jeroboam did not erect golden calves in samaria um, in fact, uh, he did in Bethel and Dan. However, by the time that, that this was probably written, Dan had probably already been, uh, fa- or Dan had already fallen to Assyria. Mm. Um, so it could have been in Bethel, um, where ultimately the, what was it? 
I said the calf idol of Samaria therefore means the calf idol of the royal house, and there's another name for the idol at Bethel, which is the site of the king's sanctuary. So it was more talking about a, a royal um, making of an idol um, as opposed to it being specifically in a place being Samaria at that time. Um, so I have, with I have spurned your calf, O Samaria, uh-huh. um, some argue that the calf is representative of Israel itself. Really? Okay. Um, and then uh, the part where the calf of Samaria shall be broken to pieces, I kind of pieced together that if the calf was Israel, it's showing that Israel is a false nation. Okay. Just like the calf, which is alluded to in Deuteronomy, is a false god. Okay. And it will be just like that false god is going to be smashed because it's not a, the true nation that God put into play because it's broken the covenant. Okay. Um, that That's all conjecture. So, I have no scholarly backup on that, yeah. except for the part about the calf being Israel. So the IVP says there is oh, ample evidence of the association <laughs> of Baal worship with provine mm-hmm. um, cult images or pictures of bulls, such as the zoomorphic depiction from Tel Al-Akshikari. Um <laughs> Um, uh, our professors would be proud. Oh, yes, they would not. Um, <laughs> uh, for a full discussion, I can go to Kings, um, and it would talk about that. Hosea now condemns the golden calves placed in these shrines as a source of false worship and a reflection of the syncretism of Baal and Yahweh worship in Israel. By Hosea's time, only Bethel remained, since Tiglath-Pileser the third had conquered Dan in 733. Tiglath-Pileser. Shut up. <laughs> and uh, tiglath you know, I'm sticking with one. TP. <laughs> TP. I like it. And presumably destroyed the shrine there. Um, the calf of Samaria, the use of a Samaria instead of Bethel as the site of the calf is a euphemism for all of Israel. Ah. It was it was common practice in the Assyrian um, annals to refer to an entire province by listing the name of its capital city. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, that, like I said, the just conjecture on my part about it being... Just like the false nation. Yeah. So, yeah. So we got three different commentators' perspective, and me knowing nothing other than TP, right? TP. <laughs> um, I did get. Yeah, uh, I just remember, I, Dr. Sarah Fudge, man, Tiglath Plasar, and we we talked about him a lot. <laughs> I never had her though. I can't believe you never had her. I never got to take that class, and Dude, I wanted you, to. And you can't. You can't. You got to find out where she went. Yeah. Well, that's because. School Our doesn't school exist anymore. <laughs> she's a she's great. Yeah, one of my favorites. It's what I heard. I, I heard mean, she was like, hard. Yeah, she definitely had a, a level of hardness that I mm. I would say was like there was like the jovialness of like Zeus. Mm-hmm. There was like the serious yet fun nature of Dyke. Yep. And then there was like the serious nature of Fudge. Okay. But I mean, she's a great person. She wanted you to learn. See, I don't You're know. Great, great professor. I don't know if I would have respected the historical stuff at the time period. I think I was very young and naive when I took the cl- or when I was in Bible college. Yeah. And so, like, they never taught me the heart behind why it is we study the history and the background behind it. Mm. They just said, "Here's the doctrine that you need to know to graduate." And it sounds like Fudge actually had found value you, behind you that. You know, she co-taught with Zeus, right? Not when I took it. No, she, I, yeah, not everybody oh, okay. had the, the duo, but when they did Bible lands and lifeways, mm-hmm. Zeus would do the lands and she would do the lifeways. Oh, Zeus did both of them when I yeah, took the class. He did both for me. And then I had her for ancient Near East history. Oh, okay. So, okay. I actually uh, wish I would have had her. I didn't take that class either. I, I had her, her adjunct for something, which was her son. And I can't remember what. Okay. 
Okay. But yeah. So anyway. All right. So anyway, that's yeah, yeah. Bible college talk. Um, yeah, if you if you are like at Bible college and you see Dr. Sarah Fudge, like sign up and take her class. Yeah. And then definitely YouTube us so that we can. Yeah. Or YouTube or comment, comment somewhere. Everywhere. And yeah, one of those yeah. things. Um, the one last thing that we I have. We are learned gentlemen, okay? <laughs> I don't know about that. Sorry, uh, I've got a paper that says something. Shh. I don't know if I can read it. Um, <laughs> it says, for they sow the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. Um, basically, kind of what it's saying here is the wind represents vanity, illusion, nothingness. So the, ultimately, they're, they're going after and sowing nothingness. Um, it's, it's vanity. It's all an illusion. But what they're really getting is the whirlwind, which represents God's wrath. Um, is, is kind of where, where or what um, Elizabeth says, kind of the, the point of the wind and the whirlwind is. She's at Hebrew Union. Oh, is she really? Yeah. Hebrew Union, I'm being like... Director of Institutional Effectiveness and Professor of Biblical Studies at the TCM Institute, International Institute in Indianapolis, and also looks like she does some stuff at Hebrew Union College. Oh, which is right down the street from us. Yeah, but she must not do that on site. Oh, but that's um, okay. With the whirlwind, I had, um, and this is once again something that I threw in there. I did not get this from a commentary, um, but if I ever wrote my own, I would put this in there as fact. Right, I think that's fair. <laughs> uh, they're sowing to nothing and they're reaping destruction. Right, which sowing, is sowing to the wind. And is that what you said? Pretty much. I mean, I was on LinkedIn. I was looking at my. I, I mean, because <laughs> basically. The wind represents vanity, illusion, nothingness. Right. And the whirlwind is God's wrath. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right, so yeah. that's basically, so you should put it in as fact. As fact, yeah. Or okay, cool. close to fact. I'll quit looking at LinkedIn for my old professors and I'll pay attention to what you say now. Okay, that's fair. All right. All right. And to everybody out there that was like distracted for a second, pay attention. R- right. Or else you'll be like me and repeat things. Right. Even if there's a car and you're swerving out of the way, this is more important. Yeah, this is, yo, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Pull over to the side of the road, finish this podcast, and then continue driving. Right. I can't tell you how much longer that will be. You might be late for work. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the, the, I guess same thing. But what's more important, God or your job? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's um, going to the guys on the podcast. <laughs> if anybody holds us in that high of esteem, they need prayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there really is intervention that's needed. Uh, um, all right. So 7B through 10. Uh, we good to go on there? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Fire in the hole. Okay. Um. Uh, the standing grain has no heads, it shall yield no flour. If it were to yield, strangers would devour it. Israel is swallowed up already, they are among the nations as a useless vessel. For they have gone up to Assyria, a wild donkey wandering alone. Ephraim has hired lovers. Though they hire allies among the nations, I will soon gather them up, and the king and princes shall soon writhe because of the tribute. Ah, we're getting back into that positive imagery. Yep. So what you what, what do you have here? Uh, just that second part of seven is basically to sum it up. It, even if they do something positive, there'd be no benefit. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's too late. Yep. Your standing grain has no heads; it shall yield no flour. Um, if it were to yield, so hey, your your grain is crap anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if if a piece pokes up on it, strangers are going to devour it um, because Israel is already swallowed up. And that's actually a, a different point. Yep. Um, but yeah, prior to that, it's basically, even if something good does happen out of it, there's no benefit to it. It's wasted. It's yeah. worthless. They're just seeking out uh, after other gods. Um, I mean, compared to a wild donkey walking alone. Yeah, well, even in a, Israel swallowed up already, they are among the nations as a useless vessel. Um, that is a polite way of saying they have no purpose for existing. Mm-hmm. 
their purpose is meaningless. Yep. It's it's tragic, <laughs> but and, and it's harsh. And I think that's even um, taken even further in verse eleven. Correct. Um, uh, yeah, I th- I felt or, that the scripture here kind of started to turn more to the political nature of their yeah, issues. Okay. But yeah, de- I definitely say. But go so on. No, you're no, you're right. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, yeah. You're right. So yeah, um, I don't know if I have anything else to really to say about that. Part, no, no honesty. Uh, yeah, when you get to nine, uh, uh, it proves that the problem is not just domestic. Um, for they have gone up to Assyria, uh, uh, like a like a wild donkey wandering alone. Like they're going to go to the nation that basically and pay tribute to the nation that's going to trample them. Right. Um. So that's proving once again that they're instead of going to God or turning to God for help and turning to Yahweh for His divine intervention and help and their hearts turning so on and so forth, they travel to their enemy. Like they go to the people that like are forbidden and that want to kill them. See, I never really got that. Why is it that you turn to the very nation that's going to kill you? Like, right. Well, I could see like if we if we take it down to our level, uh, maybe you work at a company with like a toxic management system, and you're playing the political game, hoping that you're the one who ends up assistant manager. So you kind of suck up to the same one that's abusing you does that make sense is it like the what's that saying friend the friend of my friend is an enemy the enemy of my friend what's that the enemy of my friend is my friend yeah Yeah. something like that or something i don't know yeah um Um, or the enemy of my or sorry the enemy of my enemy is my friend the enemy of the friend of my enemy the enemy of my friend whatever yeah i know something like that (laughs) some cool saying right but yeah Um, so i can see if like you're playing that political game so if you're at work you hate your boss. Your boss is mean, demeans you, gives you all this extra work, but you turn to him. Instead of doing your job well and like representing Christ in your workplace, you turn to your boss and become a brown noser and a kiss up. Right. And then when they call everybody and say, hey, we got to lay some people off, you're going with them. You played the game for no reason. Okay. You, and I think that's kind of what Israel is doing. They're like, well, this is the powerhouse of the Near East. They choose whether or not we exist or not, so let's go kiss their butts. Right. And it turns around and bites them anyway. Okay. Cause, yeah, because they go to like Egypt, which are specifically told not to go to. Right, in Deuteronomy, like, right. hey, don't. And then yeah. Assyria, they're getting ready to kill like brother being, no, you know, the northern kingdom. And then you're going to be like, hey, guess what? Let's be friends. What? Like, <sighs> whoever thought that was a good idea. Um, well, I guess they did. So. Yeah, they did. Uh, I guess I answered my own <laughs> question. So anyway, um, finish off the chapter. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Verse 11 to the end of the chapter, which is verse 14. Because Ephraim has multiplied altars for sinning, they have become to him altars for sinning. Um, Were I to write for him my laws by the ten thousands, they should be regarded as a strange thing. As for my sacrificial offerings, they sacrifice meat and eat it, but the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sins, they shall return to Egypt. For Israel has forgotten his maker and built palaces, and Judah has multiplied fortified cities, so I will send a fire upon his cities, and it shall devour her strongholds. Man, just once again ending chapter eight on a positive note. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we've ended any chapter on a positive note. Maybe two. One of those, you know, you're Maybe the book will end positively. <laughs> um well we're what is it? How many? Fourteen chapters? So we're getting close. Yeah. And this will be the longest of all the Really, I think this is the longest of all the minor prophets, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we decided to go. Are we going in order or are we going in? We're doing like Hosea, Joel, Amos, or are we yeah, doing? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, we're basically going longest to, well, Malachi's longer than some of them, but okay, Malachi, yeah. I know. I some guy that Malachi is that an apocryphal book? <laughs> I had a pizza. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a Malachi, Malachi the Italian prophet. It's got the little uh, bacon and it's got some yummy stuff on it. Very. Mar- oh, it's the Mar- mariachi pizza. No, it's mariachi. Donatos. I don't, I don't know. know, dude. I can't afford no Donatos <laughs> unless they want to pay for some of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> right. Man, I'm, like a, I'm like a Domino's house. Five ninety nine. Probably don't even know what. Um, Probably most of you don't even know what Donato's is. That's just a oh, yeah, that might be more Ohio yeah. local thing, right? Huh. Um, Donato or Domino's, I hear, is like crazy. Like it's it's like um, if you talk Italian when you're in um, India, like they're like Domino's. Yeah. So uh huh. Like worldwide, huh? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep. I, I know a lot of people like have opinions on pizza, and I'm cool with Domino's. That's where we go, like probably most of the time. Okay. We've, we've got a lot of free pizzas from their rewards program. <laughs> I can't do Little Caesars. You don't know where no. the pizza end and the box starts. We we lived on that for a little while because it's like the $5. Mm-hmm. But for 99 more cents, you get a real pizza with your choice of toppings and dominoes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, so, Little Caesar. So Little Kaiser. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah they don't do the pizza pizza anymore. There is no soft C in Latin. There was no Caesar. Oh, it's where we derive the word Kaiser, like the right. German Kaiser. Uh huh. So remember that, kids. Little Kaiser, not Little Caesar. Right. Okay. All right. Sorry. Wow. Um. Man, we are really good at. I'm not sure where we got today. there today. Um. So with. Uh, oh, with eleven through fourteen. <laughs> yes. My computer stopped moving. Um. What do What do you have? Because. Um, uh. Basically, um, the first part of this, like eleven, twelve, and thirteen, is showing. That they've gotten too caught up in political power, they forgot who God is. And like the United States, pretty much, this is in my notes. Uh, so once again, not fact, but fact. <laughs> <laughs> they still have the religious practices, uh, but they're not without the original intent or heart behind okay. them. It's the same idea. Uh, where I were I to write for him my laws by the tens of thousands, they would be regarded as a strange thing. So when God says, you know remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, they'd be like, oh, hold on a minute, man. I got to work on the, the Sabbath. I don't have time for that. Or, you know, like, why why do people celebrate communion? Some people think it's just something you do at church. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't understand that you're remembering Christ's body and blood until he returns. Yep. Um, baptism, why do we baptize? You know, they they don't realize it's a covenant sign. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they, they completely just say, hey, yeah, I was baptized when I was six. Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, you're in a, a paedo-baptist church like oh yeah as the pco saying they baptized me when i was born i'm cool mm-hmm. i got my you know yep. they're so removed from from god's original commands that that they it, it feels strange i mean he said what is it um verse 12 were i to write that, for him I, my laws by the ten thousand, they would be regarded as a strange thing so they're so far removed from deuteronomy and god's original laws that they hear them and they're like what I, yeah. I mean, they're strange to think from that perspective. And I actually was thinking that it's actually kind of no different from our own culture. Like, well, I mean, you just yeah, that's a, really yeah. just laid that's out a, a bunch yeah. of good examples. Um, but even if you you go less religious and more political, that's still the same thing. I mean, and you have lots of Christians that that kind of jump on the bandwagon of what is culturally okay and acceptable in our society. And when someone says, but this, these are God's values, they're like, 
what? Like, yeah, are it, you telling me that, that a woman can't choose, you know, like you really can get into some of those things. And even I hear Christians run that direction as well, where, and these are supposed to be God's people. Mm-hmm. They're so far removed from God's covenant law and from no, well, they just claim to know God, but when they mention God's laws and his covenant and being obedient, they, they seem strange. They don't even make sense. Here's one of my most perfect examples. When you're in courts or being sworn into public office, uh, a lot of times in, it's still common. You might be in a more liberal state or city where it doesn't happen, but you put your right hand on a Bible and you swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help you God. Or you swear to lead the country like you know in a moral and upright manner, so help you God, mm-hmm. while putting your hand on a Bible. The Bible basically says, don't swear oaths, let your right. yes be yes, you know, you. That is like the most... Israel reaction mm-hmm. <laughs> you can have. It's, it's the most perfect example of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You're going through the practices. You're invoking God's name or Christianity or whatever, but you're not. You, you don't even care. You don't believe it in the repercussions of it. Right. I swear to, you know, uphold the duties of this office while I'm like taking corrupt kickbacks or, you know, uh, committing war crimes or, you know, whatever it happens to be or uh, penning laws that are directly counter to the scriptures. Right. So on and so forth. And so where is your fear of the Lord? Right. Mm-hmm. It's nowhere. It, it's like, it, it would be like, you know, you're sacrificing meat and eating it, but God doesn't understand what's going on. Right. To, to refer to the scriptures. And not that he doesn't understand, but he doesn't accept it. Right. Right. So. So do they know God? Not really. No. 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 Uh, we read a, uh, we were listening to an audio book by a uh, former politician. I won't give names because I don't want anybody getting mad, sad, angry or whatever. Um, and basically we could tell that they were what some would call like nominal Christians or mm-hmm. Christians in name only basically. Right. Um, talking about like the church services that they went to, but it seemed like those entries were in the book just to appease the Americans. Okay. Like it was, it, there didn't seem to be like an actual faith behind them. Hmm. So. Not surprising though, sadly. Yeah. It was a very good book though. Really? I just, I'm afraid to recommend it on the podcast oh. for fear of backlash. Okay. You can tell me later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, verse 13, um, it is the time of the priest to determine if a sacrifice is legit. Um, ultimately, um, here the prophet is taking the role of a priest, pronounces Israel's sacrifices un- unacceptable to Yahweh. It basically ends with destruction is inevitable. And really, that that's kind of cut scene to, to chapter 9. Yeah. Unless you have anything else. Uh, Israel has, uh, it says, for Israel has forgotten his maker, this is 14, and built places. And Judah has multiplied fortified cities. So I will send fire upon his cities and it will devour strongholds. Uh both nations, Judah and Israel, have basically spent time nation building and building their power and their influence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what, or palaces, I, I, I meant that, not places. So Israel is saying, look at our splendor, look at our royal might, here's our palaces. Uh, Judah's saying, look at our military might, look how awesome we are. Neither of them are following what God's designs were. Right. Uh, so, you know, he will simply send fire <laughs> upon his, on these cities. So, uh, yeah, they're no longer a part of God's plan, but they are a part of their own undoing. Right, so. right. Um, so, yeah, um, I think we definitely see some 
connections with our own culture with being far removed from God. And I think sometimes you see it inside the church. I think you definitely see it a whole lot outside the church. Mm-hmm. Um, both oh, with, not sometimes. I see it in the church, period. Oh, that's true. Um, and so I, I think you see a lot of those being so far removed from, from knowing God that many of us really don't know God because, I mean, we look at his ways and see them as strange. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I think if we look through, um, just continually look through Hosea in general, um, you can see a lot of themes of how not just our nations, but I think people in general um, really have turned away and, and rejected God, whether that be from a um, a knowing perspective, um, where I think there's lots of people and Christians that, that again, know, quote, God. Um, but I think God could probably point out many instances in our own lives um, where, where that can be very applicable as well. And I, I would say, like, this uh, will come out in the height of the political season, and I think it's a good time. You see a lot of Israel here and Judah mm-hmm. uh, putting their trust in the political processes uh, more so than they're putting their trust in God himself. So mm-hmm. they keep looking for the leg up via politics. <clears throat> and I think that's something that we definitely see in our nation. And I think that if you're equating your politics with godliness, you you really need to kind of check yourself. I agree. Like there, there is a way to govern in a godly manner, mm-hmm. but to say that I voted for this person because... Um, they're the most godly while turning your back to the actual atrocities or by putting your complete faith in that person, uh, period, you, you're in a dangerous place. Yep. Yep. Oh, good. We ended with a rebuke of our own. All right. But, but actually, and I encourage you to go back to some of the other podcasts and, and I don't know if we've done actually a good job of, of bringing it back home. I think in Deuteronomy, we're able to hit more common, we hit a lot of how it fits our current culture. But really, if you look at Hosea and you look at, um, you know, you're like, oh, well, I'm not a whore. But yeah, but you sin. And God still looks at the sin and in the rejection of him very in a very similar way. And I think, you know, fine, you're not participating in Baal worship practices, but... You know, are there other things that, that you turn to before God? Mm-hmm. Um, are there idols in your him. own life? Right. So, yeah. I mean, we do have our own idols. Um, I mean, I'm not one of political power, but um, can you see our nations doing many of these things? Um, can you relate to the the other places you go before God? Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of it can be very relevant to our, to our own lives if we really genuinely look into um, how it is that God is condemning Hosea and, and really um, how he interacts with our own lives and our own rejection of him, our own acceptance of sin, our own turning to other means before God, um, whether that be in the way that we trust or the way that we don't trust. Um, I think Hosea is still a very applicable book. Oh, incredibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's full of warning signs that we need to really pay attention to right. as Christians, as a people, period, I think. Yeah, I agree. So. So, all right. Yeah, chapter nine, people. Absolutely. Flying right through this book, yo. Cool. Sorry, that's chapter eight. Yeah. Next is so chapter, chapter nine. nine is next week. Yes. I can count. No. no. Well, Matt, you didn't have to take math in Bible college. Darn right. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Took two right. stupid math classes. Anyway, all right. Hey, all right. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.